0: And BuzzFeed Daily listeners can receive 65% off your first month of medication management and care counseling at Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed. Go to Cerebral.com slash BuzzFeed for 65% off your first month. Join Cerebral today on their mission to make quality mental health care accessible and affordable for all. What grows in the forest?
1: Our imagination and our family bonds. The forest is closer than you think. Find a forest near you at discovertheforest.org. Brought to you by the United States Forest Service and the Ad Council.
2: Being a real estate agent isn't about listing houses. It's about connecting to people. I need to find new buyers every day. So I promote my listings using radio commercials from iHeartAdBuilder.com. Now every time I have an open house, it's a full house. A custom radio ad from iHeartAdBuilder is the fast, affordable way to drive customers to your business. Put the power of radio to work for you. Get started now at iHeartAdbuilder.com.
0: Rachel Lindsay has published her thoughts on the Bachelor franchise. Demi Lovato reveals how their family is adjusting to using their they-them pronouns. And we're talking to BuzzFeed Shelby Heinrich about the bride-to-be who went viral for the two-page letter she sent to her bridesmaids. It's June 21st, 2021. Hey friends, I'm Casey
3: Rackham, and I'm Sheila Watson. Welcome to BuzzFeed Daily. We're starting this week with a searing personal piece in Vulture by Rachel Lindsay about the Bachelor franchise. Lindsay, who was a former Bachelorette on the show, wrote about how she had to perform as a contestant and said quote, "I had to be a good black girl, an exceptional black girl. I had to be someone the viewer could accept, and I was a token until I made sure I wasn't. The thing is, the day I went on the show, I didn't wake up and say, "You know what? I'm gonna start standing up for myself." Lindsay continued and said that the Bachelor franchise's fans are a huge part of the problem when it comes to casting contestants that don't fit the audience's traditional view of the show. She wrote, quote, There is a Bachelor Nation and there is a Bachelor Clan. Bachelor Clan is hateful, racist, misogynistic, xenophobic, and homophobic. They are afraid of change. They are afraid to be uncomfortable. They are afraid when they get called
0: out. First of all, kudos to Rachel for writing this up. I'm I'm really glad that she's able to speak her mind freely like this because she was she was tokenized as the bachelor's first black bachelorette. Like that's and and she knows that. And so I'm glad that she's able to separate herself from that tokenization. And, you know, I'm also glad that she's really talking about the differences in bachelor nation because she's right. There are parts of this country and fans that I don't know, but now I know based on their reactions from Chris Harrison Leaving right, the show, yes, exactly. Where they're like, you know, I won't watch the show if he's not there, and I'm like, he is the person who's continuing to let this show be racist and sexist. Right, and homophobe. he's part of the problem, mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it's like, you know, obviously, you know,
3: I don't watch the show. We've talked about that before, but seeing a black bachelorette was huge for representation mm-hmm. and to know everything that was going on behind the scenes. I mean, this piece is really scathing. Um, and I'm glad that she's using her platform to speak out about it. And hopefully we get some improvements because I don't see the show going anywhere.
0: No. And you know, Shiloh, we know this, this isn't just like in the bachelor franchise. This is in any industry. When you open these positions to people of color, if you do not support them from within, there will be no change. Exactly. So, moving on, Demi Lovato is opening up about their family adjusting to using they-them pronouns. In an interview with Odyssey, Lovato explained it took them a year and a half of exploration to figure out their identity. They also noted that when people call them she-her, it made them feel weird. They explained, quote, I understand that people might have a hard time adjusting to it because it is something new, but I want to encourage people to keep trying. I understand that it's a process to get used to. Sometimes I still mess up myself, but it's okay. Lovato stated their family has adjusted to the new pronouns and that effort hasn't gone unnoticed. Lovato was quick to point out, quote, I've noticed especially my older sister, Dallas. I've noticed her using them and they, and it really does warm my heart up that people are trying.
3: You know, what I love about this is that they said it was about the effort and trying. And I really love that because they themselves like opened up about how this was a journey for them, you know, Um, and it took them. Over a year to really figure out mm-hmm. how th- how they felt, and when you've got family and friends and the entire public who have identified you as one gender for so long, it might take time. But I think it's the effort that people put in to make sure that they're making the other person feel comfortable.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, I'm in a slightly different boat. I use pronouns she, they, and so it's like I'm okay. I like both. So it's like I'm okay mm-hmm. when people refer to me as she, but when someone uses they, I- that I use that exact same term. It warms my heart because it's just like something that you didn't have before. And so it's that effort really does mean a lot because it's something, you know, that they've just started realizing about themselves. And so to have other people notice that and respect that, that's so important. Yeah. That acknowledgement, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, so moving on, you may have seen on TikTok, Lisa Torres, an auditor from San Antonio, recently went mega viral for sharing the two-page letter she sent to her bridesmaids. And it has us asking so many questions. In the video,
3: which currently has nearly 5 million views, Lisa explained where she was coming from. I'm glad that somebody pointed this out. I'm going to share it so that I used to be more transparent to my bridal party. Before I got engaged, I was a bridesmaid before and I wasn't fully aware of all the costs and expectations associated with being a bridesmaid. I felt very insecure doing this, but I'm ultimately glad that I did, and that was include
0: a letter of what I expected for my bridal party. Considering that Lisa's TikToks were seen by millions of people, there were plenty of responses and opinions about how she chose to go about things. Today, we're talking with BuzzFeed Shelby Heinrich, who wrote all about it in the aptly titled piece, This Bride-to-Be went viral for sharing the two-page letter she sent to her bridesmaids, and people have opinions. Hi, Shelby. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me.
2: I'm excited to be here again.
0: Again. Yes. Okay. So before we get into this letter, which I could talk about forever, have you yourself been a bridesmaid before? And if so, what was that experience like for you?
2: I actually haven't been a bridesmaid before, but funny enough, I just said yes to not only being a bridesmaid, but a maid of honor. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's a co made of ownership, so hopefully okay. it'll be a little more laid back, but I, like I am that. definitely learning things about Yeah, what, know, have the you, what have you cost. learned so far in this short time since you've been asked? Well, yeah, as someone who's like green to the bridesmaidship, I guess, um, I didn't know until like a couple weeks ago that it's expected, at least in the U.S., for the bridesmaids or the bridal party to pay for the entire bachelorette party, like mm-hmm. the bride doesn't pay anything. Yep. And so I'm kind of like, Ooh, that's something I'll need to add to my budget that I was not anticipating. So, you know, lots of fun surprises, but I mean, I'm excited, obviously, well, but
3: I've also been a maid of honor. So if you need any tips, let me know. <laughs> oh my God, I'll definitely be hitting you up for that. I'm very nervous, but excited. So (laughs) talk to us about this now infamous two-page list. Usually when we hear about brides sending letters to their bridesmaids, it's like a bridezilla type of situation, but this letter is actually different. So what kinds of things did Lisa Torres get into and how specific did things get?
2: Yeah, well, we all paused the TikTok and read the letter, right? So you know, for me, at least upon reading it, I was kind of like, wow, this is like quite specific. You know, she goes into the dress color, what sort of transportation she's willing to cover and not color what's mandatory and not. She even included um, a nice little FAQ on the back for her bridesmaids. But then, I mean, as I was reading it again, I was kind of like, okay, none of this is stuff that wouldn't come up in regular conversation over the course of time leading up to the wedding. So, you know, Lisa just kind of, brought it all to the front right away and let everybody know. And I I feel like that was actually really considerate and really transparent.
0: And did she give them, for people who haven't seen the TikTok, did she like basically is giving them an out to if they want to do it or not do
2: yeah, it. Yeah, that was another huge thing that she mentioned in the TikTok and on the letter as well. She basically said, hey, you know, if this doesn't work for you, I totally understand. You are absolutely within your rights to say no. And if you do say no, no harm, no foul. Like, we'll still be friends. It'll totally be fine, which I thought was great.
3: Yeah, I mean honestly props to her for being so organized and like ahead of the game because I would not be. Um so what did Lisa tell you when you spoke to her about why she decided to share this on TikTok? Where was she really coming from as the bride?
2: Um she basically told me that she decided to share it on TikTok because she wanted to normalize being transparent about being a part of a wedding and also destigmatize the notion of saying no to being a bridesmaid. You know, I feel like A lot of people tend to treat it like it's going to be a make or break thing with the friendship or the relationship. If you don't, and it's not that you don't want to be with someone on their special day, but maybe you just aren't in a place where you can do it. It is a financial commitment. So that's kind of what she wanted to bring to the table, which I thought was great.
0: Mm, Yeah. And do we know how Lisa's bridesmaids reacted? You know, they were given the option to say, no, anyone give a hard pass to the demands or were they encouraging? Like, what did you find out from her?
2: Um, one person did say no, but you know, they're still good friends and everything's fine and everybody else seemed to be okay with it. There wasn't a ton of controversy. I think they all just kind of appreciated that she was upfront about like what she expected and needed. And she did wish that maybe she could have been a little more upfront about how she would have been willing to help them pay for some things if they couldn't. But that's obviously a conversation that happened off screen, not in the TikTok. you know?
3: Well, you know, you kind of touched on this a little bit, but there is definitely something to be said about the clarity of this approach. Do you think that people thought it was too much or do you think that people actually appreciated the honesty?
2: Yeah, what were what were the comments like on this TikTok? Yeah. Well, obviously there were a ton of comments cuz over <laughs> 5 million people watched it, which is yeah. crazy. A lot of brides to be said, "Oh my gosh, this is great. Um I would I think I'm going to try this for my wedding." And a lot of people said, oh, wow, I wish that I had gotten something like this when I, you know, accepted an invitation to be a bridesmaid. Or like, if I did get something like this, I, it would ease so much anxiety to just know. But then on the other side, because, you know, of course there's always another side. They had people, most people just thought that Lisa should pay for all the expenses herself, which I mean, yeah, I guess fair, but also weddings are expensive. So, yeah. I mean, this is
3: like getting into the nitty gritty, but like, I know that when brides ask their friends to be bridesmaids or maids of honor they like you know send like a cute little package or something sometimes um if they're like really formal about it or whatever and i know that you got one so like had you gotten this letter like wrapped up in an envelope <laughs> like at the same time you were being asked how oh, would you react it like is this something that she should notify people like you can't ask after they say yes so it's like how is there like i don't know like a decorum or like
2: a uh, a way to go about presenting something like this, do you think? I mean, for me personally, if I had gotten a letter like this from the bride, I I would have felt kind of relieved just to know upfront, like what the deal is going to be. I feel like too, with weddings, so many little things come up, right? I mean, it's like you have the engagement party, the bridal shower, the bachelorette party, you know, all these little things, the the dress fitting, you know, whatever. So many things that you don't think about in the moment when you're saying yes, you know? but that is tricky. You know, I do think there are some people that would be a little, um, little shocked and maybe a little off put by the letter at first. So I get that the decorum is difficult. I think with Lisa though, I'm sure most of her friends, you know, they know her personality. (laughs) They know that she's obviously a planner. So I'm sure they hopefully appreciated it.
0: You know, I think if anything, this is just like whether you do a letter or not, it's just opening up the communication of like what this conversation is going to be. You know, for me, I'm also have a co made of Otter situation and the wedding got delayed and pushed because of the pandemic. But, you know, she's in New York. I'm in L.A. So and she's been very open about conversations of like what events it's going to be possible for the L.A. folks to go to and which ones it's not and how that's OK. And so it is. I just love that. It's like, OK, yeah, let's just like talk about this. Let's just everyone talk. <laughs>
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, also kind of similar with my bride too. When I, you know, accepted my duties, she was like, okay, you know, just so you know, like she's in San Francisco. So she's like, I know you're in LA, the other maid of honor is in San Francisco. So she's like, don't feel like you need to come to everything. Like it's fine. Just do what you can. Yeah. Which I obviously appreciated and helped ease my anxieties. When I was talking to Lisa, she also mentioned that she felt like people got really caught up in the notion of the letter And she's like, yeah, okay. The letter is pretty unconventional, I guess. But like the main thing that I want people to take away from it is that we just need to open up that conversation. You know, weddings are going to look different for everybody and everybody has a different budget. So yeah, she just thinks transparency is the best policy. I love it. I love that too. Me too. I think she's great.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, we'll be right back to talk more about the viral bridesmaid letter that has everyone reevaluating bridal parties. It's time to gear up for the NFL postseason. Yes, sir! Head over to NFLShop.com today for the largest assortment of officially licensed gear. I need it! NFL Shop is your destination for jerseys, T-shirts, headwear, and more. Oh, you're sweet with it! Come back after the game for the best selection of NFL gear anywhere. I you. How you like that, baby? Rep your team pride with styles fit for the whole family. To shop now, go to NFLShop.com. Welcome back. We're talking with Shelby Heinrich about the viral two-page letter a bride sent her bridesmaids that's making the rounds on TikTok. You know, no one, until maybe now, really talks about the expectations of being a bridesmaid. And if they do, you know, like it's in hushed whispers so the bride can't hear. And while writing this, were you able to find out more about what bridesmaids actually go through that perhaps we might not even realize?
2: Yeah, definitely a little bit. I mean, something that I kind of never think about is just like the transportation and the travel costs. Obviously. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, obviously the bride and groom can't cover everyone in terms of like flights, renting a car, staying overnight, all that good stuff. And it's literally required to be there, you know, to be there for them on their special day. So yeah, I think the letter kind of got a little bit more into like the nitty gritty of that, which I appreciated.
3: Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's real. My bride that, like, I was made of honor for, she lives in California, but like in central California. And it wasn't just the transportation for the actual wedding. It was also just getting up there for dress fittings and for like bachelorette stuff and the bridal shower and you know planning all of that like I had to have these conversations with her mom and like people I had never met before like I think that's something else is like as maid of honor I was doing a lot of coordinating with strangers and like that can be hard if we're not in the same place so
2: there is a lot of like little nitty gritty stuff like you said oh that's so true and yeah you're so right in terms of like interacting with people that you've maybe never interacted with like Obviously I'm I'm great friends with, you know, my bride. But I, I can,
0: don't Can I just pause and say that we've all adopted saying my bride, which is which weird. I like
1: Yeah. <laughs> <you kidding>? It's <laughs> not okay, the sorry. bride, it's my can, bride.
2: She is mine. Shelby. <laughs> <laughs> so my bride, obviously I'm I'm great friends with her. She's one of my best friends. But like, you know, being real, I don't know everyone in her bridal party. You know, so it's, yeah, it's just like there's, I think that there can be a lot of like social anxiety that comes along with being a bridesmaid too, as well as financial anxiety. That's something that's definitely not talked about.
3: Yeah, that's like a lot of time you're spending with people you've never met before, like random family members or or parents or grandparents. Like, yeah, a lot of awkward
2: small talk. I feel yeah. like. <laughs>
3: yes. Okay, so in your piece, you note that according to Wedding Wire, the average cost of being a bridesmaid is over a thousand dollars, which I can attest to is true. Um, how did that come to be, and why is it so freaking expensive?
2: Well, I think you just have to look at the wedding industry, right? I mean, the wedding industry as a whole is like a multi-billion dollar industry. And I just think that over time, there's been this huge societal pressure to just make your weddings and these celebrations bigger and bigger and bigger, right? You can't just go out for drinks. I mean, you can, and you probably in some cases should, but you can't just go out for drinks your bachelorette party, right? It has to be this big extravagant trip, almost like a vacation, a destination, you know, that adds a ton of cost. You want to invite everyone you've ever met to your wedding. You want your wedding to be the hippest, the coolest, the most extravagant. And so, you know, obviously the wedding industry has caught on to that. They've also implemented some of that pressure. And so things have just gotten more and more and more expensive.
0: Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, you brought up about like, you know, the conversation of who should cover all bridesmaids costs. Were you able to see in the comments, like where the public generally falls on this?
2: A little bit. Was something that was interesting was the thing that people got most heated about and most caught up in the comments was the bridesmaid dress and like whether or not the bride or the bridesmaid should cover the bridesmaid's dress. So people were pretty divided on that. I think it also kind of depends on like different customs and cultures around the world, I guess in the US and Canada, according to the comments, it's custom for the bridesmaids to cover their dress and generally like their accessories, makeup, hair, but that's not necessarily the case in other places. So kind of interesting.
0: Yeah. No, it is. And the fact that you're saying that it's like people are divided on it. It's just like another reason why we should be talking about it because everyone has different opinions about what is the quote unquote right thing to do.
2: Absolutely. And I think it totally has to be a case by case thing. You know, everyone's in different places in their lives everybody has different priorities, things they care about when it comes to their wedding and their bridal party. So yeah, just let's all just talk about it. Conversation, <laughs> open conversation.
3: Yes. I think one of the hard things is that, like you said, like there is no one size fits all when it comes to getting married. But at the same time, there is this like societal wedding etiquette. Like there are books on, I read books on like the proper way to go. Oh God, about I might have to have things. you send me some of those books. <laughs> oh, I I'm will. am going to be I on Amazon. Like, oh, <laughs> yes. It's like really um, specific and like, you know, you don't want to step on anyone's toes. There's like the societal protocol. So that's really hard to perfectly balance with, you know, now like changing culture where people are just, you know, having like courthouse weddings or are just going out for drinks with their bachelorettes. So um, there's it's it's a mix. So where do we go from here? Do you think that this letter is officially making a positive change for weddings from this
2: point on? I mean, I absolutely do. I think that it, it shouldn't have to be this like whisper network when you you know accept a bridal party invitation, like, oh, what am I gonna have to do? Are they gonna spring this random cost on me? What do I have to pay for? What don't I have to pay for? What do I have to show up to? What, what don't I, you know? So I think this is a step in the right direction. Not everyone, like, I don't think everyone's gonna agree with how Lisa went about it, which is fine. I personally loved it, but I think that, you know, the intention was there and the intention was good. Well, Shelby, thank you so much for joining us today. This was great.
0: Thank you so much. I loved it. That's it for today. Come back and join us tomorrow. And remember, shout out to the Lovato family and many other families for the A-plus effort on pronouns. Yes. Be sure to subscribe to BuzzFeed Daily on the iHeartRadio
3: app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you go for your sound stories.
0: And please take the time to leave us a rating and a review. It helps us figure out what you like about the show versus what you love about the show. And remember to come back for more of what you love about BuzzFeed, coming to you daily. Mama, what does the chicken say? Uh, Dog.
1: Dog. Cat. Aww.
2: Giraffe. Giraffe, really? Giraffe.
1: Uh, giraffe. What's up, what's up? This is Robin Dixon, co-host of Reasonably Shady, which has just been nominated for an NAACP Image Award in the Outstanding Arts and Entertainment Podcast category. This is so big for Giselle and I. And of course, we must thank all
3: of our fantastic listeners. But we need your help. Visit vote.naacpimageawards.net to vote for Reasonably Shady. That's
1: vote.naacpimageawards.net. But don't wait. Voting closes on February 5th at 9 p.m. Eastern. And make sure to listen to Reasonably Shady every single Monday on the Black
3: Effect Podcast Network.
1: What's up, guys? I'm Rashad Bilal. And I am Troy Millings, and we are the hosts of the Earn Your Leisure podcast, where we break down business models and examine the latest trends in finance. We hold court and have exclusive interviews with some of the biggest names in business, sport and entertainment. From DJ Khaled to Mark Cuban, Rick Ross, and Shaquille O'Neal, I mean, our alumni list is expansive. Listen in as our guests reveal their business models, hardships, and triumphs in their respective fields. The knowledge is in depth, and the questions are always delivered from your standpoint. We want to know what you want to know. We talk to the legends of business, sports, and entertainment about how they got their start, and most importantly, how they make their money. Earn Your Leisure is a college business class mixed with pop culture. Want to learn about the real estate game? Unclear as how the stock market works? We got you interested in starting a trucking company or a vending machine business not really sure about how taxes or credit work we got it all covered the earn your leisure podcast is available now listen to earn your leisure on the black effect podcast network iHeartRadio radio app apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts podcast.